You're listening to Box Office Bros. Starring Corey Osborne. It's a party every week, baby. Embarrass me in front of Corey. How many of these guys are named Corey? And Chance Oliver. Are you prepared to take that chance? I think you ought to know what our chances are. You had your chance and you blew it. Let's Let's start start the show. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Hold on to your butts. Showtime, a-holes. You know I lied when I said I done something to uh, talk about? I don't know. Like what? Oh, I just thought of it. No, of course. Uh, what do you what What do you want to talk about? The Detroit Lions got bamboozled oh, by the yes. league on live television. <laughs> I'm sad. I know That's you so are sad. Stupid. No, we were talking about that. I'm like, you know, it's a shame. You know, you know who are the strongest people on the earth, in my opinion, Chance. Is a Detroit Lions fan. It's Detroit Lions fans and also Vikings fans. Well, they're gonna like, get beat next week. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But it's just any one franchise of the... who hasn't won a Super Bowl, which no. is like eleven of the thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just one of those things where you know it's a hard knock life for some of these folks. You for know, for us, <laughs> it's a hard knock life for us. Okay, you you didn't come here. Um, Sorry, <laughs> for or us to you say. had something to say. So but I'll no, no, say. for sure. I was just talking about you guys might be. Um, you know, missing our voice and everything like that. I know if you all pay attention to the podcast feed, stuff was uploaded a tad bit late. It's just no. that, you know, <laughs> just a tad bit. But just wanted to let you know we are still here. We are still doing our show every uh, Wednesday, yeah, every Wednesday from 12 to 2. It's just that I caught the bug of being excessively busy. Um with school, with life, there was a lot of stuff that just went down um, with different things that was going on with me last week. So Chance and I decided that we just weren't going to do the show um, because yeah. you just couldn't make it. So, yeah, so, but just to let you know, we're back. We're ready to rumble. We're uh, releasing a special episode. If y'all didn't, um, if you guys, if y'all didn't tune in for College Radio Day with us talking with. Uh, Which, Dr. how dare you? No, I know. If you didn't, like, we we're. Talking with Professor Satera, great great guy, knows a lot about film, so keep your ears peeled for that podcast, for our podcast feed and everything like that. So, yes, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good podcast. We have, or it's going to be a great show, not podcast. But anyways, we have... I mean, um, kind of. Well, no, yeah, you, you're right. It's going to be a podcast, too. But we're... Uh, Speaking let's, to two audiences. <laughs> no, for sure. But we have... Um, this is our first topic for today. The Zoe Zoe Kravitz, yes, Zoe Kravitz has been cast. Zoe Kravitz, look at her goodness. She's in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. She's she's Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Also, apparently, Jason Momoa's stepdaughter. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he is. He is Jason Momoa's stepdaughter. Because I didn't. I I didn't realize like because I saw a thing on Variety. It's like like. Jason Momoa, ecstatic, his stepdaughter, his Catwoman. I'm just like, what? No, yeah, because after Lenny Kravitz and Elizabeth Monet uh, split up, um, Jason Momoa swooped in and was like, hey there. Hey there, Miss Huxtable. Because she's one of the daughters (laughs) in the Cosby show. (laughs) Anyways. um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Big Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but she was, uh, yeah. So basically, uh, Jason Momoa married his or married her mom, and so yeah, he's her stepdad. So, but anyways, yeah, Zoe Kravitz has been cast. This is according to the rap, has been cast as Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman, in Mark Reeves' The Batman. Um, an individual uh, with knowledge of the project no. told the rap, uh, told the rap this information. And yeah, so it'll start filming around January in the UK. And I want to, I want your hot take on this chance, Oliver. Yes. What do you think about Zoe Kravitz? Have you ever watched her in anything or uh, anything like that? Or yeah, like I've seen you, her in a few things. It's been a while. What's up? I saw bits and pieces of her in the bits and pieces I've seen of Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Thought she was pretty good in that. Oh, she's awesome in Mad. I love Mad Max. In the Fury Road. Uh, you said Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen her in that too. She's in the second one. Okay, yeah, I, I think I saw like a bit of that on cable TV. That movie got on the cable TV really quickly. Yeah, it's because it kind of sucked. Yeah, it's not the greatest. <laughs> it's like good for what it is, though. Yeah, a mess. <laughs> yes, well, indeed, a mess. This is good because apparently, uh, Zoe Kravitz is also up for Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises when they went with. Anne Hathaway, there we go. They went with Anne Hathaway over Zoe Kravitz, and apparently she was... Oh, no, no, what did they say? That she was too urban to play Catwoman? Oh, that's disgusting. I hate it. Like, I just like, that reminds what? me of like the That reminds me of the family who like owned the rights to Bond saying that Idris Elba is too thug to play... Like, just say they're black and just say that that's what you're mad about. Like, it's actually ridiculous. <laughs> oh, they're too urban. Oh, goodness me. I'm so posh. Oh, James Bond has got to be in public domain by now, right? No, is it's got to be close. Right? He's, it has to be. But James, the thing here's the deal about like all that kind of stuff, though. It's just like I don't know. Like the public domain is slowly like dwindling. Technically, all Marvel characters should be in the public domain. Well, yeah, because, technically. Well, yeah, by the old rules, because Disney in the '90s was like, oh, can't have Mickey being everyone's, uh, I guess, avenue of creativity. So they're like. Yeah, what if, what if we just bumped up public domain like 30 years longer or something like that? No, exactly. But I don't know. There's pros and cons. There's obvious cons. Really. Anyway, but I think this is a good choice. Like, we, with the Batman movie, it's just like, for the Christopher Reeves Batman movie, we've just been hearing about it for so long. Like, Okay, this is gonna be Affleck's movie. No, Affleck's out as the director, but he's still Batman. It's Matt Reeves' movie. And Batfleck is dead. Then Enter Battinson. Battinson, Jonah Hill, and then finally we get like I guess And then Jeffrey Wright's own. Yeah, um, Jeffrey Wright joined the cast and everything. So this yeah. This kind of makes me worry though, if hopefully Jonah Hill's not playing the penguin, because if he is I really don't want him to. This just makes a a really striking similarity to Batman Returns that I don't want. Just, uh, just uh, it's a it's a fine enough movie, but I don't want the same movie. There's so I many characters we haven't seen. I know, but I think you're kind of like I understand what you get, but I don't think there's ever really been a movie that has been pitched the way that Matt Reeves has talked about this movie already. He said that it's going to really much so lean on the whole aspect of Batman being a detective. 
and it being right, very right. akin to like the Arkham kind of games and stuff right, like that. That's, and that's yeah. definitely a different kind of Batman movie as far as I believe, because I think Matt Reeves could definitely provide a very just awesome world because the way that he built um, the world of Planet of the Apes is something that really comes to mind, which he can just do no wrong for me until he butchers this film, if he butchers it, you know? So it's like one of those deals. Then he can do everything wrong. Exactly. But it's one of those deals where it's... Um, I think that wherever you slice it, even if um, Jonah Hill just happens to be a... Um, even if he just happens to be... Uh, or uh, what's the book? Why can't I? Penguin. Which I just really don't want him to be, but even if he Cobblepot. does, but even if he is Cobblepot, I think that it will still be a very different Batman film. But I think that if he wants to rely on mystery and if he wants to rely on detective stuff, who better than the Riddler? You know? Well, yeah, like in Catwoman's a thief. It just like they didn't like. I guess that's the thing is like the Burton movie didn't lean on Catwoman being a thief per se. Well, it kind of did. It just seemed like she just kind of went. What was it that she was part cat? Was that the thing? How okay? Well, that was in Catwoman the movie though. No, I could have sworn like that was Catwoman. She goes crazy in Batman Returns though. Oh yeah, like, she you remember? does. Like at the end where mm-hmm. she's like, I don't remember like. But who the okay? Who the hell said that Zoe Kravitz was too ethnic to be Batwoman? Because here's the deal: what about Eartha Kitt? I don't know. Is Eartha Kitt was if like Eartha Kitt was Bat was um Catwoman? Years ago, and she wasn't too urban back then. Like, what is that? Well, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, this is. My goodness. This was uh, Chris Nolan's movie. so It I was Chris Nolan's movie. He loves white people in his movies. He does like whiteies. <laughs> but the thing is, I shouldn't be. I should be nicer to him on this regard, but because John David Washington is going to be the lead in his next movie. That's true. He, uh, he's taking criticism. <laughs> he's, he's, he's looked at the criticism, and or maybe it's just coincidence. No, for sure. But it's like one of those deals where it's just like, bruh. Bruh. <laughs> so it's like one of those deals where it's just like, ugh. Uh, let's see. I really don't want to click on Daily Mail. Oh, people.com. That's much better than Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. What's, what What you clicking on, Chance Rooney? Uh, let's see. Zoe Kravitz was once told she was too urban, urban, mm-hmm. to be in a Batman movie before Catwoman casting. Uh, years before she was cast as Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz says she was told that she was too urban for a role in a Batman movie. In 2015, with the Nolan Nylon, not Nolan, Nylon magazine, Kravitz said that she was unable to get an audition for Christopher Nolan's 2012 film, The Dark Knight Rises, which starred Christian Bale's Batman. Uh, Kravitz said, in the last Batman movie, the Dark Knight Rises. They told me that I couldn't get an audition for a small role they were casting because they weren't going urban, she said at the time. Oof. It was like, what does that have to do with anything? I have to play the role like, yo, what's up, Batman? What's going with you? <laughs> <laughs> I love her because I can hear her saying that. That's the funny thing. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then on Monday, it was announced that she will star as Selena Kyle in the upcoming The Batman opposite Robert Pattinson. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Ooh, that was great. <laughs> Goodness, that's hilarious. Hook who's laughing now. No, dude. And I think that this is great casting. Like, as even though I didn't really enjoy, like, okay, the thing is I enjoyed, uh, like I I was about to tell a lie on the air, but no. I Oh yeah? I um I actually enjoyed um Fantastic Beasts too. 
um, the first time I watched it. But when I was driving home and I was thinking about the movie, <laughs> I like picked apart all the holes. Then I was like, oh, no. oh gosh, I was like, there's a lot of movies. There's a lot of movie in this movie that doesn't make much sense. She's also the voice of Mary Jane in Spider-Verse. Yes, apparently. I know. I, I didn't I, realize that. No, that's great. I just love the voice cast for that, too. So it's like one of those deals where it's just a good. Excuse me. Oh, good, wow. Oh, wow. It's just a good old time. Excited for this. I'm excited for Zoe Kravitz because I think that a lot of ple- people. Oh, my God. Just like sleep on like how great a, of a performer she is. What's up, Doug? The Lego Batman movie. She's the voice of Catwoman. Oh, that is amazing. That's an awesome connection. That's great. I love the late. <laughs> I have seen the Lego Batman movie so many times because of my nephew, but it is so good. And I'll always watch it with him. Like it's a wonderful movie. She was movie. Uh, Angel in uh, X-Men First Class. Mm-hmm. She portrayed Professor Xavier. When did he go to doctor school? I don't believe that. I don't know. Well, no, I'm pretty sure he went to Oxford. Oh, yeah, he did. He definitely Oxford went to Oxford. University. He went to Oxford University. See, Pip, pip, cheerio. That's the movie I wanted to see. Him just... I don't know. I want to see hijinks ensue at Oxford University with X-Men characters. Hey, you really need to read House of X. It's so good. I will, Corey. Do it. It's so good. And I should we really be one... We got coming up. I can do that. I really should be one to talk... Because the thing is, I actually stopped reading House of X because I just wanted to read all of it in one sitting it. And it just... Um, all of it just released, so I like looked to go get a box set of the, of all of it, and they're like, "We're not releasing it till December." And I'm like, "Boo! Can you still Boo. buy them like one at a time?" I can, but it, I I kind of just want the full thing. You know so is mean? it like a physical copy or like? It would be a physical copy. Oh, okay. Hey, hey. Like I could get the digital all by all. Well, it comes together. like a sweet steel book, like a Blu-ray. <laughs> that would be kind of cool, but like, no, it's nah. but House of X. Definitely a direction that I would love to see the MCU go in with um, the mutants and everything like that. But we're not talking about that. We're no, talking we're about Zoe Kravitz. Zoe. You have you have any uh, final thoughts on Zoe Kravitz being the Catwoman? I think it's a good casting. I think that she has so much kind of history as a, of a sorts with the character, just going back to the Dark Knight Rises, and now she she was Catwoman and. Like a Batman movie, I I think I remember hearing that like a while ago, but I just kind of forgot. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm really excited for this movie. It's gonna I can't believe it's taking this long to get like a solo Batman movie since The Dark Knight Rises came out. Oh, I completely feel you. Like I genuinely like it's been see quick maths. It's been seven years since we've had Batman like on his own. So I think I'm I'm pumped. Like the DC's really reversed the tide and going in a much better direction as far as their movies go. So I'm uh I don't see any negatives really so far. Like, there's nothing that worries me. No, for sure. There's nothing that worries me here as well. Solid casting. You just have to wait and see and see how the script is for this film, see how the trailers look and everything like that, and then we'll know whether this is gonna be whether this is going to knock it out of the park or not. So, yeah. Dinger Derby with Batman. Okay. And, you know, so before we go to break, let's just give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek into what happened next. We call that a tease yeah. in business. <laughs> uh, Kevin Feige is um, moving, to, moving on to different places in Marvel. Moving up the ladder. You know? So we're going to be talking about that after the break. Kevin Feige 
is now he's our he's critical darling of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's the lead producer of Marvel films. Got pinned up on my wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly, you know how like a lot of those people have in like North Korea have like pictures of uh, Kim Jong Un just yeah. on top of there. <laughs> I get like wherever in every I room just of their house it every day. Yeah, that's I have kept. That's how Kevin Feige is in my <laughs> home. <laughs> Like, <laughs> <Kev>. <laughs> yes, that's that's yes, but our um, as I affectionately called him in the last um show, Kevin Feige, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> um, praise be unto him. He um, chance let tell me something about him. He 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 got a little bit of a promotion, eh? So basically, I believe someone's stepping down at Marvel. I probably should have done better research, but. Kevin Feige is the chief creative officer of Marvel. Not Marvel movies, but of Marvel proper, that means. Yes. TV, that means comics and movies. So Mike Perlmutter is not his problem anymore. No, yeah. Like All the TV shows can be his vision and connected to his universe. The way, that's basically what it means. No, yeah, it means that they could like reboot in humans and could be good. Yeah, they could reboot in humans. Even though apparently, oh, shoot. I forgot to like. I guess we could talk about this during the show. I guess, but there, I'm gonna have to like fact check a little bit. But apparently, they're like basically gonna just like reboot the Inhumans in house for the Miss Marvel, um, because she's technically an Inhuman and all that stuff. They're gonna just like reboot it in house for the Disney Plus show. So like that stuff isn't canon. All all the stuff that happened in that awful show that Ike and company made. (laughs) <laughs> I I also heard like a rumor that like with this newfound power that Feige was going to like reboot characters that people didn't like like in Netflix and stuff like that and try to bring some that people did like back like um Charlie Cox's Daredevil uh-huh. and ooh who knows? Maybe uh, Kristen Ritter is that who plays yes. Jessica Jones? Yes. Bring her. I like Kristen Ritter's Jessica Jones. Me too. Uh, it's too bad the showrunners didn't. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, I haven't seen season three yet, but I'm not sure I will. No, but <laughs> dude, it's just crazy. It's just like these, um, like Kevin Feige is the perfect person for this. Yeah. He, it's going to be sad seeing him like kind of drift away from the MCU because that means there needs to be another person overseeing a lot of the film stuff because he's going to have a lot on his plate now because yeah. he's not just doing this. He's also producing a Star Wars film. Maybe he has a part of Jay. No, you know, maybe. He, maybe he does. And so like it's one of those things where uh, we got to like he's going to shift away from here. But I think Marvel as a whole is definitely going to benefit from this. I think that maybe they're just kind of changing. Maybe... Maybe with like the actual comic books, the page turners, the status quo will stay the same because nothing's been really wrong with that. Like you were saying about House, House of, of X. X. And yeah, ten X. I think it's or no, I think it's powers. I think it's powers of ten powers or powers of, of X actually. House power powerhouse. I, I'm not sure. Jonathan Hickman's just a madman, and I genuinely, I really want Jonathan Hickman to just like a, I want Jonathan Hickman in the writers' room for like, like. Not all comic book writers can like write a movie script. That's why I'm saying this. But I th- want him to be in the writers' room for these new X Men movies that they're making for the MCU. Like I just because re- yeah, what he's doing with the X Men right now, it's genius. Right. So I think this. So I'm sure Kevin will still be like 
executive producer on a lot of these. Oh, movies. not for sure. But like you get basically, it's just like reaching one long arm over the fence and grabbing the television. Oh, no, exactly. And bringing it back over like to the MCU because. Marvel Television hasn't been super strong. Like, it hasn't. You had a great start with the, the first two seasons of Daredevil and the first season of Jessica Jones. And then you fell back down to average. I'd say, well, the first season was pretty good. Or half, first half season of Luke Cage was pretty good. And mm-hmm. then you just kind of took a tumble on your Netflix shows. They really shouldn't have killed off Cottonmouth for... Um, well, now he can be Blade, I guess. Well, I guess so, but they shouldn't have um, killed off Cottonmouth and for... Mm-hmm. That was no, a huge mistake. That, that was... Huge mistake. He was an awesome villain. And, and they just developed they developed him in that episode. That's the crazy it part, so too. Good. And then they just killed him. But, like, uh, you know, potato, potato. And, uh, I guess I won't spoil it when that lady... Well, I pretty much already spoiled spoil it. Oh, well, yeah. Like, when is, is it... She, his cousin, are they cousin? Are they? They're related, aren't they? Who? Uh, the lady who kills, like, pushes him out the club window. Oh yeah, they're cousins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are cousins. And mm-hmm. I was like, why? I guys, yeah, like, it, it kind of came out of nowhere because, like, when Luke Cage first out, I was like sitting in my dorm room in iOS and I was just like, what? Why did you push him out the window? No, it's crazy. But yeah, so. It's always been sort of disjointed. Like, you couldn't have full-blown references to the MCU. Like, in Daredevil, it was the incident, and you would just see, like, a newspaper on the wall uh-huh. regarding the, the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's just, like, name-dropping. Like, the biggest they got was, like, Jamie Alexander to be Sith that one time. And that's it. And so there's, no, like, the biggest is that they got, the Sam, they got Sam Jackson. Okay, they got, yeah, they got, they got, they got Sam, Sam Jackson. Jackson once. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a big get. Well, yeah, well, it's just because you know, I'm pretty sure, like, to Kevin Feige, for Joss Whedon, for sure, Agent Coulson is deceased. No, for sure. And so, it's, like, one of those deals where it's just, like, ugh, I'm just excited for the TV to actually be awesome, to actually be good and everything like that. And I'm excited for, you know, Kevin Feige to oversee these things. He's going to be one busy boy, though. Yeah, but, you know, Star Wars and Spider-Man and Marvel. Spooderman. But no, it's just, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a fun time. I think that... Come in. No one's knocking. <laughs> I thought that, uh, I thought that you know, Marvel television is just going to be like a new good place. But this doesn't just stop at like Marvel television. Nope. It's like, you said the comics were going to stay at the status quo, but I don't know. Well, I think I they're doing good right now. Like, I think, so. yeah, they are doing fine. But I think that uh, Kevin Feige could definitely do really good things because he does a great... Because what they like to do with the comics lately is that they like do stuff that are similar to the movies, but they expand on things and they make things, they almost test out things. Right. And they do stuff that's a little bit wonkier and a little bit crazier. And I'd love to see um, Kevin deal with that world or like initiate stories. Right. And also get talent from the comics into the film and roll them into the film stuff. Like I was saying, people like Jonathan Hickman, uh, people like, um, uh, like, uh, why can't I think of his name? Gosh, I'm trying to. Which what did he write? Uh, he wrote he wrote Saga. Oh, Brian um, K. Vaughn. There we go. I want Brian K. Vaughn to write uh, to write some stuff for movies and everything like that because he's a freaking genius and all these different things like that. So yeah, so just I just think that there's an endless gotta get Bendis in here, boys. We gotta get Bendis yes. in here. <laughs> Bendis is a good ideas man. Like, he is. Miles, uh, Miles Morales, great idea. The writers who wrote Spider-Verse wrote him a 
heck of a lot better they than they wrote him in the comics, to be completely honest, because he's basically Black Spider-Man in he's the like, Bendis comics yeah. run. He's, but, he's like Lucas. Good ideas, not so great everything else. No, exactly. And I, and I don't get me wrong. He's awesome. But... However, he's de definitely a big ideas man and a good producer for a lot of these things that he could be yes. doing. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm just super stoked for what's going to be happening here with Kevin Feige and all of that, you know, jazz. Jazz. Well, it makes me excited because, like, I've been seeing, like, a lot of the Marvel Twitter, like, rumor mill turning a lot lately. Like, they're talking about how... Uh, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Miss Marvel are already in casting right now. Uh, yeah, like that's that's. They probably are. It makes sense. Like they're honestly. like they're just like yeah, you're gonna see these shows a lot sooner than you think you are. And I was just like, mm -hmm. oh really? That sounds awesome. Uh, tell me more. <laughs> um, then you've got well, like what you said with the Inhumans thing about Miss Marvel. Like that's they're saying Vin Diesel's getting looked at again for uh, Black Bolt. After he got stubbed the last time, he doesn't get a talk. He doesn't have to talk, so it'll be fine. It's kind of the second that Vin Diesel talks, he's just like, oh, oh family. So, <laughs> or, or, or well, it's gonna be funny if like the family. next mega team up event, like Black Bolt and Groot, are anywhere near each other. That's funny. It's like I, and then he has to like super, super, super whisper so he doesn't kill everyone. Hey, you sound like. Dude, his whisper can literally like level a mountain though. That's I know, so thing, like though. he's gonna have to like I don't know, learn sign language. No, it's like, for sure. Hey, you sound like me. <laughs> no, that's that's hilarious. But it's one of those deals where I think that it will be like ex extremely interesting if because here's the thing, as subpar as of an actor as Vin Diesel is, in my opinion, I think he could definitely do that role well. Because of the fact that he can, like, his voice is would be really cool when he, does, when he does freak, when he does like go like ah and right. everything like that. Like so that, I think that, that, uh, that part would be pretty cool. Guardian, the first Guardians, where like Rocket gets the gun and he's screaming. That mm -hmm. is so awesome. No, for sure. And uh, he does as like as a tough guy as Vin Diesel is. It's so great when you see him in wholesome roles like uh -huh. like in Groot, like in Iron Giant. And I think if you play your cards right, you could make Black Bolt like a super it's gonna sound funny because they're on the moon, but down to earth character. Ooh, oh but um They're on the moon, but he's down to earth. He's the king. Medusa's his wife. She loves and supports whatever he does. <laughs> I Gosh. don't know where I was going with that. No, but, but no, it's crazy. No, but that'd be it's like you, this is the closest we've ever gotten to every single Marvel, Marvel, Marvel character being being in the same like in front of a camera, like in our televisions and our. The they're movie pretty theaters. much all. They're pretty like, much the, all here now. Like the only thing is, is just like Sony having the Venom characters and all the like the nine hundred Spider Man characters they have the rights to. Uh -huh. But even that, they're still kind of like. Uh, they're just kind of catty corner, not necessarily in the same, the same house, but they're they're right next door. No, for sure. Especially with Tom Holland probably going to be like the same character, just with like maybe a little change in verbiage instead of rewriting that we would have done a couple of weeks ago. No, for like, sure. It's gonna be so great, and I, and Martin Scorsese, he can complain as much as he wants, but you're an old man, and it's the future. Here's my thing about Martin Scorsese. 
and I'm gonna say it real quick. I know I said we weren't. I know we said we're not gonna talk. I about know. This, I just brought it up to say. But here's the deal. It's gonna be awesome. Martin, Mr. Scorsese. Stop being mean to Italians. No, like seriously, like, like what's your what's what's your deal, dude? Dude, you you admitted you haven't even seen the damn movies. I know. So it's like one of those things where it's like, no, it's like, okay, you can't go around and talk about something if you haven't seen it. Cause he's like literally going like, Oh, comic book movies. For those of you who don't know, he said comic book movies are invading our cinema. Well, don't watch them, dude. Don't yeah. watch them. Oh, 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 you already don't watch them. So you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know stuff. I almost cussed on here. <laughs> oh no. But <laughs> I don't think there's a dump button here either. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. We need there's a big red no dump button. button. No, nothing gets me more angry than people who try to trash up. things I like, but no. not actually trash them in a, uh, no, I don't even want in a good way. I don't even want like, no, we can have a difference in opinion. I don't give two craps on Say whether you don't like them. And no, move yeah, on. yeah. I don't, I don't care. But saying by saying something is invading cinema when you haven't even seen it. And then going on to say that um, comic book films are invading cinema when that is not the truth. Plenty of different movies are being released and everything like that. So it's just like one of those deals. Like I could like, just say that Goodfellas is kid show nonsense. Doesn't make it true, but I can uh, say it like it's for fact. Sure. I, I get you have the resume and I get you've been here. Like it's your movies aren't for everyone and those movies aren't for you, but don't. Don't tell, like, don't walk into someone else's house and say, this isn't art or this isn't cinema because if it's on a screen, it's, it's cinema. cinema. No, like seriously. The room is cinema. Yeah. The room is cinema. Norm of the North is cinema. <laughs> the last airbender is cinema. Like the last airbender uh, After movie. Earth is cinema. <laughs> oh gosh. All M. Night Shyamalan films are indeed cinema as much as we'd like to erase a lot of them from existence. So I... But yeah, so that that's just the mini rant, I guess, against uh, one of the the best like, filmmakers of all time. Like, one of the, probably the oldest, like legendary filmmakers in Hollywood. Like, what? Just I wouldn't say because who's older than Scorsese that still makes movies? Oh gosh, I'm like Mel Brooks to... hasn't made movies in probably close to two decades. No, I'm trying to think. Like, who could be older? Who could be older than like, Scorsese? I'm pretty sure Spielberg's still younger than he is. No, yeah, Spielberg By is younger low, than him. Maybe because I'm just thinking about this. Because like Robert De Niro, like literally was helping Scorsese. Like Scorsese was out there, like, like even though they had the technology to not do this, he was out there still shooting like black and white films. Right. Whenever that thing is like consistently like Raging Bull. And all that stuff. So it's like one of those deals where it's like, wow. Gosh, Raging Bull's a great movie, by the way. Oh, is that the, really uh, that's the boxing that's one? That's the boxing right? one with De Niro. Okay, that's what I thought. And then that's the funny thing. Robert De Niro was literally just in Joker. Oh, we didn't get to talk about Joker. I no, forgot yeah, about that. No, gosh, I guess we I guess we could have talked about Joker. We, we can, can do that later. We can probably just do that after the break. Yeah. After like, our next break, yeah. So it just doesn't make sense to me, like, as much as I say I don't like watching Illumination movies or the Minions, it's like still a movie. There's nothing I can do about it. No, yeah, exactly. So it's just like one of those deals where it's silly, it's ludicrous. I know that I love how we said we weren't going to talk about this before the show, by the way. But well, it makes for a good con. Well, it it does like it when it does make it does make it good for a conversation. It's just a little frustrating when somebody like, just do doesn't do know what they're talking look about. Like an old man. Ah, you exactly. Because you're just like, ah, back in my day, cinema was contemplative and blah, 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 blah. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Here's the deal. It is cinema. Like, damn it. 
Tony Stark developed so much through all of those right. movies, more than any of Scorsese's characters ever right. developed, it's like and one and one thing and different things like that. So, like, dude, like, 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 like what about the serials that, like, like you said, serial? But like, what about the serials that George Lucas was inspired by as a kid, and how that eventually turned into Star Wars and all those things like that. That Marvel, those movies come from that stuff. Are you saying that um, the hero's journey? Um, exemplified and changed up and to mass appeal um, isn't cinema like I call PS on that like it's ridiculous like like you just can't like turn into things into generalizations like like I could just go up to you and say hey taxi driver is just about a, a mentally damaged weirdo who trips his way into being the hero no exactly I could say that to your face does it make it true maybe not but you just can't break things down without giving them a shot like I don't, uh, but no, for sure. I'm really excited, but for real talk though, Disney Plus is like less so close. than a month and away. So close, and so excited. I'm just so mad. Well, I'm not mad. I'm just, I know like the shows that are coming are like next summer. Like we just got over with summer, so we got like three full seasons of uh, the Earth's rotation to get through before we can. What's the first one? Is it Falcon and the Winter Soldier or What If or something? Well, Mandalorian's coming out. Well, I know it's not Marvel, yeah. but Mandalorian's Mandalorian coming out first. And awesome. I'm super excited. Clone Wars is coming out next year, beginning next February. year. And yeah, so like. No, like I was watching like Clone Wars clips uh -huh. this weekend. Ooh, that's something I kind of want to get like, back uh, and watch. I was it. watching. Like, you know, I guess this is going to be like a little endorsement of Clancy Brown of how good of a voice actor he is. Like, Clancy Brown, and for those who don't know, is, I guess, most people would recognize him as the voice of Mr. Krabs, but he was mm -hmm. also, like, Lex Luthor in the Paul Dini uh, animated universe in DC, like, Batman, like, Superman animated series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Mm -hmm. Like, he's, like, probably, like, a staple of uh, voice acting, like, right along with, like, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy mm -hmm. and um, Bruce Tim, but... <laughs> Sorry, he was a uh, he was a uh, Savage Opress, Dark Maul's brother in the Clone Wars. Yeah, I forgot how much I liked that character. It's amazing, dude! I love that whole. Like, it was that so whole brutal arc. in a kids show. It was so great. Nah, dude, I don't even consider that show a kids show. To be completely honest, I just consider it a show. Yeah, like, just for like everybody and all so that stuff. Because the thing is, it's so edgy that like I would probably oh, yeah, like I would doing it on I would, purpose. I would obviously like let it. I'd obviously like let my like nephew watch that with me, but right. there'd be times when I'd be like, uh, this like, is a little intense. Season one and then the occasional Jar Jar episode wouldn't have a problem. No, for sure. But that like, stuff with Maul and the stuff with the Mandalorians oh, and stuff yeah. was intense. I was like, this guy is straight up torturing Obi-Wan in front of little children. No, for sure. It's just kind of yeah. crazy and like, wow. Like, uh, like literally like when you first, like when Maul first gets resurrected, and he's just like, brother, what are we doing out here? There's no Jedi out here. And he's like, oh, brother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, uh, to get the Jedi uh, the attention, you have to kill the innocent. <laughs> and he starts killing people. And I was just like, man, this is an awesome kid. Wait, this is an awesome show. I hope the children are watching. <laughs> no, um, for hey, sure. Cartoon violence is okay in my book. Oh, okay. So I know I'm just going like super ADD right now. Like we went from... Kevin Feige to the Marvel shows, to Scorsese, to Clancy oh, Brown. Oh, it's okay. It's, we'll live. It's, what are they going to do? Throw me in radio jail? <laughs> Dude, 
No, so, they'll throw you in a podcast jail. What are podcast jails like? I don't know. It probably seem it'll probably smell nice. God, I hope so. But um, <laughs> so did you hear about? So you're familiar with Gendy Tartakovsky, obviously. Uh, yeah. And creator of Samurai Jack, Dexter's Lab. Did you see that thing where like there was a mini series called? Uh, there's a series called Primal. Yeah. Like I watched all of that as it came out last week. Oh wow! How was that? It was awesome. Like, oh gosh, that's it's cool. like Samurai Jack. Because we talked about it in our, you know. Our bonus our, episode, our bonus the, pod- episode that's no, that's, it is our bonus podcast that's coming out soon here. It is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. so you know how like in Samurai Jack, there might be episodes where like less than say twenty words are spoken. Mm-hmm. There's like no words at all. Like, it's just grunts and roars mm-hmm. and sound. That is it. There's no talking, and it's mm-hmm. amazing. Like, it's so like it's it's gory. Like the like the the. Uh, the last season of like the last and final season of Samurai Jack was mm-hmm. like blood, but like the art style, like you can tell it was made by the same guy mm-hmm. who created Samurai Jack. It is so great. Like just the, like the emotion they convey with just purely visual. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot like, like this is a recommend. Primal is really good. And I think, like it ended on kind of a cliffhanger, so I think new episodes come out on Saturdays. Oh, nice! On Adult Swim or no, I don't know, but it's really good if you're like interested in like new animation that's not for kids at all. Oh, sweet! Like I'm sure my nephew would watch it like without a second thought, because he loves things. Mm-hmm. He, basically, it's a bright color and it's like you know animated. He'll be fine. Like I watch the worst things ever on. Oh god, <laughs> like, the that's... most boring. Like cheaply 3D rendered cartoons I've watched on Netflix. Because when I was like, I want to watch this one. This looks really bad. Are you sure? Yeah. Fine. <laughs> like, you want to watch Spider Verse? No. Oh, gosh. Apparently, his mom is like, nah, we're watching Spider Verse. <laughs> Goodness, that's no, funny. But, no, Primal is, uh, I would recommend Primal. Like, it is really good. Like, no, for sure. Goodness. All right. Well, that's cool. But look, so- <laughs> no, yeah, but. You know, winding down for this segment that we went all over the place on, but we you forgive us. I know you guys do. We're gonna yeah, take um, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're going to be talking about the Joker and our thoughts on the Joker. Might go into some spoilers, so you know you know how to turn things off and skip stuff. But yeah, so we will let you know what we think about the Joker in the next segment. So we'll be back. See ya. And welcome back to Box Office Bros. We saw Joker, what, about 10-ish days ago? And we were going to talk about it last week, but then we got busy, as the children do. Not that way, but like actual busy. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) Jets? No, 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 no. Let's just drop it. Let's move on. Um, We were previously occupied by lots of other stuff, but we're here to talk about it now because... Better late than never. All right. So, Joker, lots, well, not necessarily lots of controversy, just a lot of conversation. Yeah, everybody had an opinion. Everybody had a hot take without even seeing the dang movie, <laughs> to be completely honest. So, yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of annoying. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I, what was your thoughts on Joker? It was, it's a good movie. 
but I probably never want to watch it again, ever. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it again, to be honest. Um, but it's so fascinating, and that's the only reason why I want to watch it again. It's just because I kind of, like, I want to watch it again with knowing what's happened. Like, because I already, like, the movie is kind of predictable at times. Yeah. But not in a necessarily bad way, because I think the star of the show is, first of all, Joaquin Phoenix. He does excellent. He does an excellent. Yeah, he does an excellent job. And also the tension. Because I don't, because that's a, how long is that movie? Two hour, 15 minute movie? Like, two hour and two minute movie? Like. Yeah, it's about. It's like two hour. Can you look that up for me real quick, Chance? Wait, Um, But for the entirety of that runtime, it is tension filled. And the tension is visceral, and it's uncomfortable, and you just feel it in your innermost being. You feel that tension the entire time. And I don't know if a film has ever done that for me before, and that, and I think that's really special. 122 minutes, so oh, two shit. hours and two minutes, yeah. Oh, yeah, so it's just like one of those things where it's just, oof. It's just like crazy. It's just a crazy... So like, and there's like, there's barely, yeah, exactly. There's barely any time to breathe. There's barely any moments of levity during the movie. I think it's an excellent film, but like chance, I don't know if I could like watch this movie a ton and I don't know if you're necessarily supposed to, you know, I don't know if it's supposed to be one of, it's definitely more of like an art house kind of film. Like I could see, um, somebody making a film like this. And it being not even like about the Joker, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could definitely see this kind of movie being made in that way. And I think that uh, what really depends on what you think of this film is your expectation. Chance and I came in knowing it was going to be pretty different. Um, So we expect we almost expected it. But if you're coming in thinking that it's going to be like a Joker film where he's going around having a jolly old time shooting up, shooting up things and, you know, being the leader of a Joker gang, that's not. No, even no, though the market the marketing might make it seem like that's the movie that you're watching, that's definitely not the movie that you're nope. watching. So it's just a very interesting film, and I'd say that I liked it quite a bit actually. It's and I think and I'll go as far as to say that it's brilliant as far as the tension goes, but um, it's very like I don't know. It's just one of those movies that, as far as entertainment value, I'm not sure if there's a ton of entertainment value in it. Um, That's just for me. Like, if you like watching something that's always intense and that's always going to put you kind of in that mood, and, like, like, sure. But I thought it was scarier than most horror films just because of how I could see something like that actually happening, you know, in the world we live in. And that's, like, pretty much the biggest horror for me, you know? Right. So, like, because, no, you know... Yeah, like, I was not, like, right in the head after watching it, to be completely honest. Like, that night, I, like, couldn't really sleep. I was just thinking about it. And it was just, it felt ugly, almost. And I'm like, I'm not trying to, like, dissuade anybody from watching it. I think you should watch it. Like, I think it's a good movie to watch, a good movie to study. Like, I think people are going to, people who study genre film and people who write about genre film are going to be writing this film, writing about this film for decades, in my opinion. Like, I think that it's brilliant. But, shoot. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy movie. Mm-hmm. And like the violence is just so real. Like you know how like you'll have a Deadpool violence, and then it'll just be like kind of funny and schlocky and weird. Yeah. And it's like it's very there's a ton of levity with the gore and everything like that. No, that's not the case with this movie. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's uncomfortable when people die. It's uncomfortable 
when the violence is uncomfortable and realistic. And I think that's because it wants, it doesn't, people say it might be to glorify it, but I don't think that's the case. I think they're showing how wrong it is because this, this stuff is real, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is completely real. So that's, you know, basically what I'm getting at there. So yeah. What do you think, Chance? I think that it's definitely like they don't paint him as the hero. Like he is definitely an insane person. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he was definitely abused, and, like, he's like this because of traumatic events from when he was a little kid. So, like, that's kind of the, like, it's not like like an average Joe who's down on his luck turning into the Joker. It's a just a weird crazy person turning into a killer crazy person. Like, this is, like, I'd say the the worries were a little unfounded after seeing it. Just because oh, no, for sure. Whoever would be like this is uh, clearly needs help. Like anyone who is starting off where Arthur Fleck was should be already institutionalized. Yeah, already institutionalized. But they even explore that. Therapeutic, yeah. Like, uh, well, like he was out apparently. Apparently, he was on uh, healed enough to get out of his institution. No, but he was on medication, and he probably got if you. Think about it. I don't know. They didn't overtly say this in the film, but there's like budget cuts and everything like that. And so he couldn't get his counseling that yep. his state man, his state mandated um, counseling and or his government mandated. And I'm guessing that the government didn't want him to stay in the institution for as long as he wanted to. So basically, um, he was a product of the world that he lived in. Yeah. And not caring about mental health because it is definitely a cautionary tale. And where like something like this could happen, especially with like, I know, getting into like kind of the real world here, um, the current administration right now, and even the state government of Nebraska, um, yeah. you know, where we're from, is definitely not all the best when it comes to mental health and considering it a part of healthcare and yeah. different things like that. And, um, you know, people aren't getting the health care or the mental health care that they need and deserve because people don't understand that mental health is health. Um, just like if you break your arm, um, you can have just as much of a health ramification of, say, losing a loved one or um, having some having like post-traumatic um, stress disorder or different things like that. Like that's still an illness. It's still something that can happen to you. And a lot of the thing is, is that um, there's been studies that have been done. A lot of this stuff happens from nurture, but a lot of the or like a lot of stuff just happens to people and it just happens to be a part of them. But in a lot of these things also happen from the trials that you have in life and everything like that. So everybody really needs it. And I think that everybody would benefit from having comprehensive health care that helps with their, you know, mental health and everything like that. And this is definitely a film who doesn't necessarily doesn't glorify um, all the bad things that Joker does, but it definitely shines a light on mental health and how it should be, you know, more or less kind of dealt with and everything like that and how, like, because it does a pretty good stance of saying, yeah, we don't condone what the Joker is doing or what Arthur Fleck is doing, but seriously, this world that he lives you in. You rich guys, you got no respect. <laughs> the rest don't, don't like the goodness, Mr. White. Yeah. 
No, I, I don't know. Do you have any like criticisms of the movie? Because I have a yes, few. I have some criticisms. It's really it's really predictable. Yeah. Like the plot's very predictable. I knew where everything was kind of going. Um, I um didn't enjoy all of the performances in it as a whole. Like some of the like some of them were okay. like I know it was Arthur's movie, but I right. kind of like wish that I. Like, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I feel like, because I was going to criticize Zazie Beats a little bit and be like, she should have had more of a character, but that was kind of the point, you know? Right. Um, but it was like one of those deals where, like, I don't know, like, I thought that... She wasn't really there. Yeah, well, yeah. Spoiler, That's but... A spoiler. Well... It's whatever. It's but fun. it's like one of those things where it's just like... Yeah, I thought it was really predictable... I thought that he, um, yeah, I thought that they could have um, possibly had more of uh, Joaquin Phoenix's or Arthur Fleck's Joker being the Joker. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think they could have had more of that. Um, but Chance, what are some of your criticisms of the film? I don't really enjoy how Thomas Wayne was kind of shoehorned in. Uh, yeah, it could have been anybody else. Like, I get, like, if you just wanted to have him like maybe be his father and know his mom is okay. So spoiler alert, spoilers for the movie, pretty much. Like you just wanted to have him like, oh, he thinks he's his father, but he's not. His mom's just insane. Fine, but why? Why have? Why have that part where you're like messing with Bruce? Like why? Why we didn't need to see Bruce? Like we didn't need to see that. And then for him like choking Alfred through a gate, mm-hmm. like that didn't need to happen. You also, like, I really like the end scene with, like, the riot and, like, the, uh, him, like, on top of the car. I thought that should have been the ending scene. That should have been the end. I think that. The ending, that would have been a brilliant. That should have been the fade to black. That would have been a brilliant fade to black. It really would have been. Yeah. Disappointed that it it wasn't. The ending meanders. Mm, It does. Like, it suffers from uh, (laughs) Lord of the Ringsism, where it's like, oh, it fades to black. Oh, nope, never mind. Surprise! There's more movie. There's more. Yeah, like, I thought it should end there, but also the fact that that riot is what kills Bruce Wayne's parents, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of dumb. Like, yeah. Joe Chill in a Joker mask. I definitely get what they're going for. Like, I, like, I get they're linking Batman and Joker some more, but I I, I don't know. I was well, that's not where, like, what I saw there was, I thought that they were going ahead and... Uh, linking the whole thing where he's like, you know, the for once the poor ate the rich, and then he was smiling and laughing because somebody was left over to still fight, you know? Yeah, I get that. And like that's like, and I I understand their point there, but I'm not saying I necessarily love the fact that Bruce was around and all that kind of stuff. Like maybe they could have just done something where like the like the maybe just a little later, like maybe say this is the civil unrest caused by Arthur. Like, say, 8 or 14 or whatever months down the road is what results in the Waynes getting killed in an alley. Like, mm-hmm. uh, crime, just, crime, crime alley. alley. Like, it just seemed a little too on the nose, or it's just like, oh, here come the Waynes out of the movie theater, and there's a guy with a Joker mask. Honestly, why would like, they even go? Him. Why would they even go to the movies that night? Yeah, I know. To be like, completely honest, because I'm pretty sure have a movie theater. In from house. my from my understanding of the film, the riot must have happened way before that. Right, it had to have been like, but it's whatever. It's a movie. I know it's just 
I get it's an Elseworlds story, but at the same time, like, I'm not sure how I feel about Joker being linked to Batman's origin story. No, I feel you. And like, like, but the thing is, you have to think about it. The 89, um, Batman did that. Yeah. I, like with um, Jack. Yeah. All that stuff made him the killer directly. And, you know, you don't see people criticizing that much, even though it's honestly well, a really dumb decision. All the kids who be mean to things on the internet uh, didn't see it in theaters. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. But yeah, no, just, it's like um, one of those things where it's like a... Right. I I liked how you just kind of... When you realize that... Uh, what was her name? Uh, dang it. Zazie Beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, how she wasn't really like... It was just like... I like how they like revealed it's like it's all inside of Arthur's Oh, head. it was so cool. That was, the way, that was cool. Like the way they like went through those scenes yeah, and you like, saw... Where she was there. You saw there. Yeah. Like... Like he like in his head he got the girl and everything. And what I love is what is how their relationship. Because the thing is, I was gonna criticize her part in the story, but it was literally it was disjointed and weird because it wasn't real, and right. it was just like one of those things where she wasn't like a real character because hell you know Arthur Arthur didn't know her. Right. She was just a person for Arthur to project onto, or like a person in quotes. Yeah for Arthur to project onto and all these things and things like that. So I just thought that was really, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. It's I don't know, like his mother, I guess was, I wouldn't say great, but she was okay. No. Yeah. I thought she was pretty good. Um, it was really sad. Yeah, like what like, happened with him and his, with him really and his mother. And yeah, it's very, I got a lot of like Norman and Norma Bates kind of vibes with it. It was like kind of gross, but yeah. it was like really, uh oh gosh the scene with the mother and him at the end of her life oh gosh the like the like okay if you don't like being uncomfortable and you don't like violence and just like because you don't like because here's the thing like i can watch violence all the dude all day i can watch game of thrones i can watch a lot of stuff like this but i can't watch violence like in the joker movie all the time because it's real like stuff like this actually happens so it's like one of those things where like, oh God, it's just so real. So it's not for the faint of heart and it's definitely not for kids for anybody who's no. kind of dumb enough to bring their kid to a Joker movie no that's rated R. I'm not calling you dumb if you're listening. I'm sorry, but if you thought about it, you were you dumb. might be. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like. But don't kick your kids to Deadpool. Don't kick your kids to Joker. Probably don't even take your kids to this next Suicide Squad movie because I'm pretty sure it might be rated R. There's rumors Hooray. about that. That'd be fun. James, be Gunn, fun. James Gunn doing another rated R movie. I'm so, I would be excited for that. I hope but, they do it. Not for sure, but ugh. I don't know. It's it's a good movie. I'm not sure, like, groundbreaking masterpiece. A lot of people on the internet was like, oh, man, it's so great. And it's just like, oh, Endgame. It's, it's trash. And I was just like. I enjoyed Endgame a heck of a lot more than this, to be honest. So I enjoyed myself way more than Like, Endgame. the thing is, is like, and I'm not trying to, and you know, that's coming from a guy who loves himself, a pretentious film. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's one of those deals where it's like, bruh, dude, come on, chill out. You know, mate? Um, yeah. I like Jack Nicholson. Not Jack Nicholson. Have you Robert s- De Niro. Oh, Robert De Niro, De Niro was De Niro. De Niro was amazing in the film, and he, you know, he worked, and it was definitely like a good. It was definitely a good like. Oh, and there's a good role and everything like police. that. 
And it's one of those things where, yeah, that's exactly what I would say. Like, why was was he just deciding to be like a journalist? Like, like, like oh like, yeah, gotcha I'm gonna get, get the scoop. I'm like, hey, everybody else is getting the scoop right now by watching this. Yeah. You need to get the heck out of there because he's going to murder you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could, like, honestly, it's almost like I kind of, I didn't completely, um, like, predict this when we talked about Joker before, but I said that he was going to do something criminal during the show. I said, because there's um, a moment in one of the comics where he basically, um, you know, killed a lot of the people in, a, like, a talk show that thing was area. The, it was either that the it Dark was the Knight movie. Returns or Killing it was the dark. It was the Dark Knight Returns. Okay. And um, he did that. And uh, I was like, oh, are they going to do an homage to that? When kinda? This time he kind of just killed the host and everything like that. Shot him in he the just, face. Yeah, I know. Seeing Robert De Niro get shot in the face is kind of crazy. That was brutal. No, it was really, really brutal. And I just remember like everybody in our theater was just going like, everybody in our theater was so like, uh, you know? Yeah. Like our theater was so, I could just sense the mood. That was in that theater, and I don't know yeah. if I really liked it. To be completely honest, as much as I can expl- as I can acknowledge of how good of a movie that was, I just don't know if I can necessarily like. I don't know. I'm very conflicted on it. I guess because I'm it? going from being like, yeah, you should watch it if you like film, but I'm going to be like, ah, do you, should you really watch it? Like, mm. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're adults, but it's like, this, um... you know what I mean. This movie is like uh, an essay for gun control. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, like never, like, like seriously. Just watching, like, when he, like, pulls the gun and just, like. Is playing around with it? Like, shoot. Yeah, like. And when he's dancing with the, in the hospital and the gun yeah. falls out of his pocket. You're gosh. just like. Shh. No, dude, because it's, like, one of those things where sometimes the NRA, well, people will talk about how um, people with mental health shouldn't have guns. And then the NRA will still be like, well, they need protection, too. I'm like. Okay. Sure, people need protection, but maybe other people can protect them. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's just a whole thing. So it's like one of those deals where it's like, bruh, very <laughs> realistic in its violence. I know exactly. So like, uh, he has a coworker. Two of his coworkers come over after he gets fired from his clown job. Mm-hmm. And it's just remember like, that part. Of the movie oh before? gosh, we we don't have to talk about that part of the movie because you could probably. T- I don't know if you could tell Chance, but I was so uncomfortable. At that I point. looked at you. You looked like I was. Horror. You were sunk in your seat. I was horrified. I, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe what I'm watching right now. Like, but because, uh, like, I don't know, I guess the movie like really hit me. Like, usually I have good suspension of disbelief when I watch movies, but this movie was just something real unfolding in my eyes. And it was like real evil, you know? Yeah. And it's real. And, you know, I real, don't know. Real. Uh, and it's yeah. just like real. And it's like honestly very indicative of how society really doesn't care about these people and really doesn't care about the ramifications of their actions, but should never ever ever exemplify or encourage this kind of behavior, this kind of griftery behavior. If you need anything or if you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody, especially if you're here on the campus at UNL, we have these student services and counseling and everything like that. Yeah. Just a little plug there. Oh yeah. Um, And everything like that. So Yeah. Joker, I would give it a eight out of ten, yeah, but I, I probably it. would not recommend that anybody watch I'll it. I'll give it an eight out of ten. <laughs> I won't watch it again, probably. I'll uh, watch it again for academia's sake, to be completely honest, but that's about it. Because I kind of just want to see it through are you again. writing an essay? Well, maybe I might write something about it, because I kind of think it's interesting to write yeah. about, at least, you know? Right. You like... 
So which one do you like better, Joaquin or uh, Heath Ledger's Joker? Oh, Joaquin's the better performance, in my opinion. Oh, really? It is. But I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed Heath Ledger's performance more. Yeah, I like the movie. That I just Heath enjoy Ledger, that Joker more. Yeah, I enjoy that Joker more, but Heath, but Joaquin is doing spe- something special yeah. as an actor with the performance that he's doing here. Well, so. I think that's just kind of like yeah. uh, the nature of the like versions of the character, because well, that's just kind of the disadvantage you get when you do a Joker solo movie, is because Joker is a Batman villain. Like that's the thing, and like in the Dark Knight, he's the villain. Like. I just like I don't know I like I like uh, Heath Ledger's a little bit more than this one, no, just for, because like no for sure I can see the menace, but I can also like where like uh, Arthur Fleck is not really funny, the Joker in the Dark Knight is still kind of funny, <laughs> like no for sure like when like uh, <clears throat> oh who's that Michael Jai White was just like you think you can steal from us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love that sort of thing. That's so, that's hysterical. Just be like, it's it's a very marginal difference, but a little bit more. On Do you know it. what was really interesting? Or sorry, what were you gonna say? Were you gonna do oh, no, no, finishing no. statement? Okay, oh, that was it. What, what, no, what you got? What was interesting is Michael J. White was on a radio show, and people asked him a question about Heath Ledger and him being like damaged in the role, like right. kind of being the thing that killed him. And then J- Michael J. White called BS on that. He's like, that's just a sensational thing. That's what he yeah. said. He said that that's just a sensational thing that people say. He said Heath was in a really like right mind and everything there. Like obviously he was doing drugs and everything like that. Right. But like he said, he didn't believe that that was indicative of you know it wasn't his job. It what was happened? Just, like yeah. that, it was just stuff with him and everything right. like that. Personally with him, it wasn't the Joker that killed him. You know, he said that's just something that people use to sensationalize. So I just thought that was interesting as all. Yeah. You know. But yeah, it's one of those deals. But we're, um, I, it's not that I don't want to talk about this anymore, but I don't want to talk about it anymore. We'll just, so. yeah, well, well, we can just uh, skedaddle into something else. Yeah, we'll take a break and, but, yeah. Uh, or just finish it out right now. Yeah, what we'll just, you know, let's just go ahead and take a quick break. And then we're going to be talking about some casting with the new Matrix movie to close out the show. So we're going to get right back into it. See you soon. Box Office Bros are back, and Dende, what's up? What's up, man? Did you, bring, <laughs> did you bring someone in the studio to show us what? Yeah, I brought my cousin over here. He's oh, a, nice. He's a, actually a YouTuber, and I think I might bring him on the show. Hey, oh, that's really? awesome. Or on my, on, on, like, my personal you know, show. No, oh, nice. We'll see. We'll Dende, see. What's, what's your show called? Uh, it's just called Dende Ziggs, or no, what is it? Uh, what? What's it called? Snakeway. Snakeway. Yeah, okay, I, so oh, cool stuff. Cool yeah. stuff. When, yeah, Dragon. When, when, when's when's that yeah, happening? Well, when's that happening? Is that the guy who beat you on Snakeway? Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> what's your what's your YouTube channel, man? Uh, my channel is. Uh, you, you can you can no get get up here closer, bro. brother. Get up here closer, dude. Okay, <laughs> and this um just plug it just plug it real quick. You can plug it. Yeah, uh, my YouTube channel name is Shoddy Man. S H A U D I E space M A N. Yeah. So yeah. What do you do on it? Uh, I do like public interviews, pranks, you know, skits. Well, yo, it's yeah, just a prank, good. bro. Just, uh, you know, I try to switch it up and be different. You know? Oh, it's sounds good. good. No, it sounds good. I'll definitely try to like get that written down for me. I'll check it out, okay? And then anything like that, because that's the only way I'll remember. Because you know, I'm a forget, I'm a forgetful dude. 
No. You should really work on that. I should. But no, we're okay, we're getting into our final topic today. Um nothing suits Neil Patris Patrick. Patris? Yeah, Patrick. Nothing suits Neil Patrick like a role in the Matrix, apparently. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Our boy Neil Patrick's is in the uh, Neil Patrick is in I can't pronounce Patrick for some weird reason. Patrick um, <laughs> is in the new Matrix oh, movie. Patrick on St. Patrick's. And also um Yaye Abdul Mateen II is also in talks for a starring role. And he is better known as Black Manta from the Aquaman film. Oh, and now and they're joining Keanu Reeves, Carry On Moss, and everybody, you know, the original crew beside like with one of the Wachowski siblings. Wachowski. Like like what what do you think about this crazy like Neil Patrick Harris? You know, I honestly that's, that's don't crazy. like has like Neil Patrick Harris just been like lying low since how I met your mother ended? Well, he was in Gone like He was in Gone Girl. Okay, he was in Gone Girl. He got murdered viciously by oh. and, and Gone Girl. Neat. <laughs> and it was yeah, it was like, crazy. I don't know, I just feel like he's been super scarce lately. Uh, maybe that's just my perception. Gone Girl literally made me like be like, "Oh, you know, dating." No. For like a little while to be honest. It just like soured the idea to me. I'm telling Asia you said that. Well, no, I, I, baby, I love you if you're listening. But <laughs> um, no. <laughs> but seriously, no, dude. Like that that movie is creepy. But anyways, yeah. Um, he has he's been in a few things. Doesn't he have his talk um, talk show or something like that? Mm, I don't know. Like, ah, I'm pretty sure he does. Station, my. I'm pretty sure. No, have... it's not. It's a game show. He hosts. Oh, he hosts a game okay. show. And everything's like that. So, you know, he's he's doing things, I guess. Like, I remember seeing him in, like, those really, really bad Smurf movies that Sony made a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, God, those are so dumb. Like, oh, no. <laughs> no so, for yeah, sure. I'm, hey, he's a talented man. Um, do you remember, I don't know if this is what, do you remember that, like, uh, animated Spider-Man show that uh, MTV made back in uh, 2002? Yeah, I remember that. He voiced Spider-Man, Yeah, he was right? Spider-Man. Uh-huh. But I think, I don't know, it'd be cool. Like, I wonder, so... Who was the, who got casted? Is someone like the main character already? I'm not sure, but I'm guessing it's Mateen. Mateen, okay. Like I'm guessing that's him. Like I'm guessing it's him because Michael B. If they're going off of race and everything like that, Michael B. Jordan was also um, tossed around for the role. Um, so and they're saying it's the lead role. So I'm guessing it's Mateen, and I'm guessing Keanu Reeves is probably going to play a backseat to it or something like that. Or they're like looking for a new one or something like that. I don't know what's gonna go on. I'm just kind of excited because I love the Matrix. Well, Wachowskis can rewrite the lore any, any way they yeah, want. So. Yeah, you you right. And the thing is, it's right for rewriting the lorest as well because the Matrix is a very intricate thing, but it's also fluid at the same time. And I think that it would be a really, I think it would be a legit thing to kind of explore and you know get some new characters in there and have a good old time. Yeah, it's I don't know because. Everyone loves the first Matrix, and then a lot of people just kind of, oh, the Matrix sequels are bad. Except, I like the second one. Except like that, uh, which one had that uh, car chase? I think it's the second one. I'm not sure, though. Okay, it is the second one. It's the one. second okay. one? Yeah. yeah. Like I know a lot of people really like that. You know what's super weird? I'm pretty sure, what was it? It's Matrix Reloaded, mm-hmm. and what's the other one called? Revolution? Or Matrix Revolution? No, like, let me check. I'm, I feel like, like I'm... A- I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fake fan. I'm a fake fan. Like fake, fake news. Fan, yeah. Fake fan. Fake news. Get out of here. Um, like I think like both of those. It's revolutions. Are... So yeah, I was right. 
It's I'm reload. Sure it's it's, it's, it's the reload same. and then revolutions. I, I think the the second one came out early in one year. No, yep. It says, it says out, both 2003. Yeah, then that came out later in 2003. Uh huh. Why would you do that? <laughs> I have no idea. The whoever marketed, whoever made those marketing decisions, were pretty much probably the same person who made the marketing decision to put Solo in uh, May. <laughs> that was dumb. Like seriously, that's a those are some dumb marketing decisions in my like, opinion. Shoot. Like I was actually listening to the the sins of the sincast from Cinema Sins yeah. this morning when I was driving in, and they were actually talking about that in their latest episode. They're just like, "Wow, why would they do that? They should have put it in December." Like, like they they just said like all all it had to do was go against Aquaman. They're talking about how Aquaman was like the thinnest kid at fat camp <laughs> in that December. And I was like, you know what? That's that's actually gosh, that's <laughs> <hilarious."> <laughs> See, now you have that, and you can say it forever. Oh, God. That's... <laughs> all, all the ladies are like, oh, wow, Jeffrey's looking nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so definitely could have gone there. Like, maybe the Wachowski should have known they could have gotten away with this with the, the young adult movie, a novel trend where the Deathly Hallows was in two parts a year later. Hunger Games, like, what was it? Catching Fire was in two parts. Uh-huh. Um, was one of the Twilight movies two parts? Yes, too? one of the Twilight movies <laughs> oh, yeah. was definitely. Was it Breaking Dawn. Yeah. Oh my god. And how like the ending scene was literally like the only cool part of it, and then the the ending scene, where I was like, wow, stuff's happening, people's dying, and then at the end of it, like it the girl happen. like took the girl like took the hand her hand off of his head and go, or the guy I don't even remember, but he's just like. This is what could happen if we got into this conflict. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! I thought homies were getting, I thought homies were getting popped in this vampire, in this vampire thing. It was like the only freaking <laughs> entertainment part of this entire saga. Like, goodness, <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you for serious? <laughs> I know that's like just giant middle. Like, oh god, so yeah, you funny. could have put like at least like a year between the Matrix sequels, like. Well, even like a regular sequel, not even two parters, get like two years between them. Uh-huh. So, like, what is it? Nine months? Like, less than between Matrix movies? No, yeah. Now, that's how you make your audience mad. Well, yeah, that's how you make your audience mad. You know, another way that you make your audience mad, you don't upload your podcast for an extensive amount of time. No, what kind of idiots would do that? I know, what kind of idiots would do that? But I just, wanted to let, I just wanted to let you all know that. We are going to go back on a up on a consistent upload schedule. We're, we're going even, on a hiatus. We're even getting more episodes coming out here, and I'm excited for the future. And I'm excited that you guys, you know, took time out of your day to listen. So thank you so much, and I hope you all have a good one. And box office bros, out. Thank you for listening to Box Office Bros. Oh, gee, thanks, Dad. You can catch the show live on Wednesdays, 12 noon to 2 o'clock on MAV Radio, KVNO, HD2. What about radio communication? Start with radio. This is Earth Radio. What's radio again? You can listen to the podcast version on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Podcasts are great. Radio's boring. Have a great day. And see you next time. If I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. And now for my next impression... Jesse Owens. Peace out. Later, Tater. End of story. Bye-bye. See you later.